Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Part of it is that minimalism really suits my personality. I have a quiet, gentle kind of nature, but I also have a passionate side. And minimalism gives me a way to express both of those sides of myself. I I find the process of creating minimalist artwork is quite a meditative process, even a spiritual process. This is Photo Country the podcast where we talk to photographers, both professional and enthusiasts around the world. And I'm your host, Rajiv. This is the full version of the radio show that I do on Crescendo FM. You can catch my show every Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. on 87.8 FM if you're in Avondale, Auckland area. If not, you can get it on iHeartRadio app. In this episode, I talk to Judy Hancock-Holland, a minimalist photographer from Vancouver Island, Canada. Her mission is to create luscious, photographic art that invites you to rest in a moment of awe at the beauty of creation. I stumbled upon her YouTube video on minimalism, which inspired me to get in touch with her. I am so happy to be here with you today, all the way from the west coast of Canada. Thank you so much for your time, Judy. My pleasure. I I was looking at my pictures of New Zealand today and and you have a sign at the north end of the North Island that says Vancouver is 11,434 kilometers. And I'm a little farther away than that. I, I believe you are in uh, Vancouver Island. Yes, that's right. In a city called Nanaimo. Yes, I was looking it up on the internet and I never knew that there was something called the Vancouver Island. <laughs> yeah, just to give you a background I'm a photography enthusiast and a podcaster out of Auckland. So I do mobile photography workshops and I do photo walks around my neighborhood. I believe that you don't have to go far to take photographs. So the the reason that I actually got in touch with you, Judy, is I was just one of those days going down the rabbit hole on YouTube and I was watching one of those tutorials, uh, videos on photography that I usually do and then your video popped up and it really struck a chord because it's just quite different from the other videos that I saw because most of the really good videos are not technical. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so once it becomes technical, then I, I, I just switch off. That's when I, I said, I, hey, I should get in touch with uh, Judy and see if I can convince her to come on my podcast and radio show. That's great. Win-win. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So that's how this journey started, Judy. So how about you? How did the journey start for you? Well, I know you asked me about about how I moved from poetry to photography, because I, in my minimalist video on YouTube, I talk about that a little bit. And I've, I've been writing poetry since I was in grade school and picked up a camera seriously when I started university and really loved it. And learned how to load and develop my own film and print my own prints and all that sort of thing when I lived in university residence because there was a dark room there. But then once I had graduated and gone into the work world and was married and all that, the photography sort of went by the wayside. And I really didn't do much with it for about 40 years. And then when I retired, that opened up 
new possibilities. Somebody actually gave me on a camera on permanent loan, she called it. And she said she would only need it back if her other camera quit on her. So I went and bought a lens to put on this body. And then she called me about two weeks later and said, I need the camera back because her other camera broke. So there I was with a lens. There's not a lot you can do with a lens. So I went and bought a body and, and really got into it. And now I spend probably 30, 30 to 40 hours a week studying photography, teaching photography, reading about photography, practicing photography, doing post-processing, that whole world. It's just become like a full-time job to me. And it's just such a source of joy. Where do you teach photography, Judy? Is it only like as a personal tutor or do you do it in a college or an institute? No, as a personal tutor. I do some one-to-one -one coaching, not a lot, but I do presentations for camera clubs. And before COVID came along, I was doing that for local camera clubs. Vancouver Island is 420 kilometers long. So we have some towns spread out over that distance that I would go to in person and present and teach. And I do a lot of teaching for my camera club here locally. But when COVID came along and Zoom came along, that opened up possibilities like crazy. And I've been presenting to camera clubs in all over the states and in the UK and just thrilled to be with you in Auckland today. What actually attracted you to minimalism and how does it translate from poetry to minimalism? Sure, sure. I, I think part of it is that minimalism really suits my personality. I'm a very, mostly a very quiet, I have a quiet, gentle kind of nature, but I also have a passionate side. And minimalism gives me a way to express both of those sides of myself. I, I find the process of creating minimalist artwork is quite a meditative process, even a spiritual process. I almost always shoot alone because I need to center myself and really come into relationship with my subject. It allows me to have a really intimate look at my subject. This isn't a quick and dirty, grab a shot and run away kind of thing. It's, I'm really looking deeply and working my subject. So it's often very sensual. It's very evocative of emotion. I just love it. It suits me to a T and I've had so much response. I think there, there are well over 100,000 views on that video on YouTube now. And I've had so many responses from people saying either, wow, you've given me a whole new way to look at the world or... I've been dabbling in this for a long time, but didn't know really what it was or how to explore it further. So when you talk about subjects for minimalism, the most obvious and most popular one that you find on social media are either flowers or black and white subjects with a lot of empty space. What are your thoughts on it? What, what is your take on this? When I'm shooting a subject in a minimalist style, what I'm really trying to do is I look at the subject and I say, okay, wow, I, often it, it'll be something that I just see and it, it makes, takes my breath away. And I go, wow, and I just, I have to shoot it. And so I take the time to really look very deeply at my subject and then decide what is it about the subject very specifically that I'm falling in love with. Now, sometimes for me, often it's curves and light. I love curves and light, but sometimes it's color. And if it's color, then definitely I'm going to shoot it in color. So I do a lot of black and white flowers and particularly parts of flowers, 
but I also do some colored, very colorful flowers in a minimalist style. It just depends on what I'm, what my vision is. But what are your most favorite subjects to shoot as far as minimalism is concerned? Is it flower subjects or it can be anything else? Or is that a favorite that you have? I shoot a lot of flowers. I'm a stay-at-home person. I don't really like traveling. I'll do it sometimes, but I, I don't care for it. So I do shoot flowers because they're readily available and they're very sensual and I'm drawn to that sensuality. But I also love shooting things like sand dunes because they, again, they have beautiful curves and lines and forms and light and shadow, which is what I'm always looking for. I, I love shooting Adobe architecture in the Southwestern states of the United States. They have some wonderful old Adobe buildings you're probably familiar with the one that Ansel Adams shot. There's a church at Rancho de Taos, and I have shot that church and just love that. But I isolate. I don't shoot the whole church. I, I look at what do I love about this church, and then I zone in on that and, and shoot that. And I shoot it over and over again, different angles. It sounds corny. It sounds really woo-woo, but I try to sort of come into relationship and, and communion with my subject. An example, when I was in New Zealand in 2002, we spent a week in Kaikoura because I love whales. And I even shoot whales in minimalist style. I really wanted to see the sperm whales in, in Kaikoura. So we stayed for a week there. I brought home a handful of stones from the beach in Kaikoura because very beautiful, sea-washed, smooth, lovely white stones which I, you don't see a lot up here. So I brought those home and they've sat in a bowl since 2002. And the other day I said, I have to shoot my Kaikoura stones. So I pulled them out and I started again, feeling them, looking at their shapes, moving them around. And I've started a series on my Kaikoura stones, which is all minimalist black and white. And I usually know before I start whether I want color or black and white. And I shoot for that. But how's your process like when you shoot? Do you use natural light or do you use uh, flash as well? In terms of equipment, what kind of lenses do you use for it? Okay, I would say probably 80% of my work is done with natural light. Window light is really lovely for a lot of what I do. But I also decided some time ago that I wanted to be able to recreate the look of window light with a flash. So some of my work is done with flash. And I actually really like that because it helps me learn to see light better. And I don't know, I guess I like the ability to control my light. So I'm still learning in that area. And window light is still great. As far as equipment, when I'm using a flash, it's always off camera and usually using an umbrella or a softbox or something like that with it. I shoot with an Olympus EM1 Mark II camera, which I absolutely love. I wouldn't trade it for any other camera in the world. And it has a really lovely 60 millimeter macro lens which is my favorite lens and the first one I bought. But I don't always use that lens. If I'm at home shooting in my home little makeshift studio, then often I do. But when I'm traveling, I will use my 14 to 150 lens, which in full frame equivalent is 28 to 300. So very versatile. And when I do my Adobe buildings and things, that's what I use because it gives me the ability to zoom in on, on a particular curve or a particular set of area of texture or something like that it's not always about the equipment right it's because these are pretty standard lenses that you use they're like regular kind of lenses right i mean they're not really super expensive or anything yeah the one grouse i have against 
the the humongous amount of content that is on youtube and instagram is they make it all about the equipment well and so much of it is monetized on youtube and you know they can get sponsorships and i just was not interested in that i just wanted to put i've been an educator all my life i saw this as an opportunity to reach out with more education and i always tell people don't worry about the equipment if a phone is what you have use that don't worry about getting off auto there's so much noise about oh you got to get off auto to be a serious photographer and i i couldn't disagree more i think it's far more important for photographers to learn to see and learn right. to compose effectively you can have a phone you can have a big fancy mirrorless camera with and set it on auto it doesn't matter i totally agree i think we need to learn to see a lot more without the camera that's one of the things that i tell people you need to be observant about your surroundings we take our surroundings for granted most of the time well, i think we're so overstimulated today we have our screens we have busyness all around us and we kind of have to have to put blinkers on and shut out some of that to avoid going mad but if you want to be a photographer you need to take those blinkers off and really look at things and i tell people don't wait till you have a camera in your hands to do that do that all the time then it becomes uh, uh, almost like muscle memory yes so talking about minimalism what are your thoughts on composition how do you compose for a minimalistic photograph it depends on on the situation and i have two videos on my youtube channel on composition go into a lot of detail but i would say that with minimalism in particular it's important to have a balance in your frame and often i will use a negative space to balance my subject and i almost never put my subject dead center although once in a while that does make sense so you know i think there are principles of good composition i don't like to call them rules and there's a time to use them and a time to set them aside. You really do need to take the time to shoot it and compose it in a whole bunch of different ways. Rajiv, I love calla lilies. I think maybe down where you are you call them arum lilies, I'm not sure, but I love them and I have 24 plants outside and I live in a very tiny little place and I have probably 6500 pictures of calla lilies. I work them and you know most of those I will never show. If you go to my website, you'll see some calla lilies, but that's a small fraction of what I have. But I'm still shooting calla lilies because I still see beauty that I want to capture and it it expresses something about me. I've heard it said that every photo you take is a self-portrait. And that makes sense to me. It expresses something within me. Amazing. That's a fantastic thought. We talked about your approach your composition what about post processing how much of it influences your final product in terms of the way you start and where you end right some photographers like for example brooke shaden she uses her camera as a, a brush in the sense that where she starts is completely different where she ends up yes it depends on what i'm doing i've i've got into abstract lately and there i use a lot of post processing but my first love is minimalism and i try to get it right in camera but you know uh, that when you're shooting raw that raw file is meant to be processed it needs to be processed 
And so I will, I do most of my processing in Lightroom. So it's a fairly light touch on the processing. Most of my black and white conversions happen in Lightroom. Sometimes I'll go to Silver Effects Pro. I don't use Photoshop very much at all. I am not a, a skilled Photoshop user at all. So it, I use that very little and I'm starting to use it more for my abstracts and things, but for the, the purity of minimalism, I think requires a light hand. So I'll go low key, very dark shots. I'll go high key with very light shots. I'll do the, the normal kind of exposure that's in between, but a pretty light touch on the post-processing. So do you underexpose and overexpose kind of your shots and take various versions of it? Not very often, actually. I did do that when I visited White Sands National Monument in, in the States because it's basically white piles of huge white sand and the exposure was tricky. But most of the time I don't. I, rather than exposure bracket, I'm more likely to uh, focus bracket and then do some focus stacking. Uh, a lot of my calla lilies are focus stacked because I want to bring out the exquisite detail. There's so many minimalist artists out there. Most famous name I can think of is Michael Kenna and his landscape uh, photographs. Like, who are your favorite in terms of artists? Actually, when you ask me that question, what first comes to mind is George O'Keefe, who, of course, was not a photographer. But I love the sensuality and the, and the simplicity and the minimalism of her paintings. And then Imogen Cunningham, a great American photographer did absolutely gorgeous stuff quite minimalist and the other one that that has really influenced me surprisingly enough is Robert Mapplethorpe now Mapplethorpe is known for a lot of different things and we get into the x-rated area with a lot of Mac Mapplethorpe's work but he did exquisite flower photography I have his complete flower book and it's just stunning so I would say those three George O'Keefe Imogen Cunningham and Robert Mapplethorpe have been my biggest influences. Great. So for someone who's starting out in uh, photography and interested in minimalism, what will be your advice? Obviously, my first advice is go to my YouTube channel and watch my minimalism video. But I think what I want to say to people is don't copy anybody. Learn from everybody. Look at other people's work and learn from it. Learn some techniques learn some approaches, but don't copy anybody. Maybe you do copy them just to learn the skill, but it's very important to be guided by your own heart and your own vision. And if you do that, you will have a style emerge. So one of the exercises that I do with people is I will have them go and choose 10 of their favorite images. And it could be their own work or it could be another artist's work. I think there's value in looking at your own work, but there's probably value in the other way too. And I tell them to look at each image separately and write down three things in that image that they just love. And they do that for each image. And when I did this exercise years ago, what I kept coming up with in every image that I described was light and curves and form. So that tells me that what I love is light and curves and form. And therefore I went out and started paying more attention to light and curves and form. And my style has emerged. When I have stuff in my local camera club show, everybody knows it's my work before they're told. Be true to your own heart. Shoot what takes your breath away. Take time to fall in love with yourself. Amazing, amazing. Uh, thanks a lot for that, uh, Judy. Amazing advice. Any last thoughts before we close this conversation? 
I guess I would just like to close by saying, get out there, folks, and, and try this. Even if you don't end up really loving minimalism like I do, it will help you to see better. And anything that helps us see better will serve us well in whatever branch of photography we end up in. So have fun with it. Be true to your heart and get out and play. And how can people get in touch with you? Do you do any online workshops? I do some online coaching. I do presentations for camera clubs. They can see my work at jhhphoto.com. And my YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and search for my name, Judy Hancock Holland. And I hope there's something there that inspires and helps you. All right. Thanks a lot, Judy. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, Reggie. That was an amazing conversation with Judy Hancock Holland. Inspired by her work and by her videos, I have started my own experiments with minimalism, which you can catch on Instagram. Thanks so much, Judy, for your time. and your thoughts you can connect with her on her website jhhphoto.com if you like this podcast do follow this podcast on spotify or any of the podcast platforms that you use to listen to your podcast and please don't forget to tell a friend who might be interested in photography about this podcast the reason i do this show is to introduce new artists to budding young photographers as inspiration to improve their craft and to improve mine as well thanks for listening i have more interesting conversations coming up so stay tuned hello you're still playing that game oh man it looks like you're in a game days yeah I- i'm getting you blocks blue light glasses from zenny okay okay i'm pausing it um what are blocks Well, Blocks glasses help protect your eyes against blue light from digital devices. Sounds like Blocks will let me play longer. Ugh. Add Blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish all-day protection from harmful blue light. Get a complete pair of prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24 and get back to gaming. Zenni.com. I wear for everyone.